Hello, this is Andrew Middleton from the Learning, Teaching and Assessment in Higher Education podcast from Sheffield Hallam University. I'm talking here with Susanna Diamond, uh, reflecting on the uh, workshop we ran at the Alt-C conference in Nottingham last week on the fit between ePortfolios and Web2 tools. Part of that workshop was a half-hour role-play. And having run that, I thought it'd be useful, one, to reflect on the design of educational role-plays in higher education, and two, to look at the data that was generated from that role-play. On both counts, I feel as though we got it pretty well right. The design seemed to work well. People seemed to get well and truly involved in in the role-play and took it in the right spirit. And the role-play generated a lot of data. And so the discussion, uh, in part, focuses on the validity of that data. You know, what can we do with it? So um, let me just describe how the role-play ran before we listen to the discussion that Susanna and I had uh, while reflecting on it. Okay, this was an activity which we headed uh, a stakeholder role-play. And basically, we considered the use of Web2 applications from the perspectives of student, academic, and academic support. So it was a 30-minute role-play, and it was a rapid meeting, though carefully timed. And to reinforce that timing, we had an agenda on the table for all participants and several copies on the walls and uh, as handouts around the room. So everyone was clear that not only was it rapid, that it was, but it was also very structured. We um, set up something, uh, a context around what I called the Faculty of Herbology Learning Technologies Committee at the University of West Hampton. So this was obviously um, a fictitious faculty organisation. And there was an opportunity here to bring in a, a touch of humour. Uh, with the uh, Faculty of Herbology. And for those that aren't familiar with Harry Potter, Herbology is one of the subjects that the students at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry study. And uh, I suppose it's in the news with the, re- the publication of the, uh, the final, the seventh book, uh, over the summer. So we set up a slightly ridiculous um, context, but one that obviously did have some relevance, Learning Technology Committee to the participants of the role play. It was really important to make the point, as Susanna and I discussed, that the reality gets suspended for the role play. Basically, we asked people to stand up, turn around and sit down, and on sitting down, the role play commenced. So that was quite clear to everyone, and we asked everyone in the room to do that. And in a way, it's a minor little sort of foolish thing that we all had to do. So it it broke through that embarrassment layer very easily because standing up and sitting down is really quite a straightforward thing to do you know you're not you don't need to be that self-conscious about doing it so everyone in the room and we're not sure how many people attended the workshop it was a lot though they were asked to take uh, one of those three characters student academic or academic support and we arranged that by basically randomly assigning well we we laid the room out into three obvious groups and when it came to the role play, we said, right, that group's the students and this one's, you know, whatever. 
So people didn't really have to think about that. We told them what to do. And that in itself actually said, look, we're all capable of thinking about these three roles. But for the moment, you're going to be playing this role. So I think that helped to give people the confidence to make contributions. Now, one of the important things that was said in setting up the the role play was that we really wanted people to take risks. And that's why we were doing a role play. We wanted people to say things that ordinarily they might be too polite or sensitive to say in reality. So, you know, we were asking and encouraging people to go a little bit further than they might otherwise have gone in real life. And um, there were instances in that role play where I noticed people doing exactly that, playing up and, and just going a touch further. And I think some useful stuff came out of that. So setting up the role play is very much about enabling people to take risks, I think. I think that's the point of it. If if you basically are going to do a, a role play around something that feels too real, then in a way it doesn't help the suspension of the reality, which I think is uh, so important. And I actually went as far as saying, I think in the introduction to those taking part, we want to take risks but we want those risks to be taken in good spirit. In other words, we're not entering into a random slanging match here. The intention is that uh, we're going to be productive in our role play. I also made it clear in the introduction that at the end of the role play that the characters will end, again basically reinforcing that this was a suspension of reality and at the end of it we will be coming back to the reality as we know it, whatever that is. And I asked people to be constructive and somewhat realistic. I'm actually reading now from the notes that I used in setting up the uh, role play, which I did in no more than a, a minute. So I'm actually spending more time thinking about it now than I did at the time. And I said, have a bit of fun, and I made the Harry Potter reference. And a few people brought in Harry Potter references to the, the role play, which during the role play helped to... Uh, lighten the, the spirits and, and bring a touch of humour into it. Okay, so let me just read you out what I read out um, in terms of background information. The Faculty LTA Committee has become aware of diverse practice with regard to student e-portfolios. In particular, we have noticed students doing their own thing and then struggling to find a way to integrate their portfolio materials into university systems. A small representative working group was established to survey staff, students and support staff towards producing recommendations for tools and guidelines in their use for all stakeholders. This is the second meeting of the group. At the first meeting the key issues were identified and formed today's agenda. The group is due to produce an interim report to the faculty LTA committee quite soon so they need to start identifying the main issues very quickly. The aim of this meeting is to produce a draft shortlist with key points for best practice guidelines. So with that, the role play kicked off and basically each group sent one of their members up to play each of the stakeholders for each of the agenda items. And so as the agenda item changed, the actual faces at the table changed. And so we had a really rapid turnover of people. Now, while the agenda item was being discussed, I asked people to uh, feed forward post-it notes so that in, if their representative was stuck for words, they would have something to turn to. And indeed, people did t turn to those post-it notes. 
uh, and that helped to give them a, a bit of confidence and if they weren't particular fam particularly familiar with the uh, topic it gave them something to turn to if they were really struggling they knew they could turn to the post-it note and read out exactly what was written so that helped the confidence of everyone sitting at the table so that worked quite well but as, uh, as Susanna and I discuss in a second the really interesting thing was having done that I realized that we'd have a table uh, a meeting table stuffed full of post-it notes so I color coded the post-it notes I gave the students pink the academics green and uh, the academic support yellow post-it notes so I knew that after the role play I could gather all the post-it notes up and type them up and put them in a wiki and I would know um, what what voice you know what what stakeholder was producing you know the idea or the comment or the issue on each of the post-it notes anyway I'll leave it there I think you've probably got the idea and you'll have gathered that uh, both Susanna and I were pretty pleased with the way it turned out okay so the the roleplay exercise seemed to work very well at the session. Um, is that the feeling that you had? Certainly. I was surprised at the extent to which everyone did participate. There were maybe a few people sitting out, but there was a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, there were quite a lot of people in the session as well. And I suppose one of the things about roleplay is you can often be working with quite a small group of people, in which case it's presumably quite hard to hide. In that large group, I mean, we're not sure exactly how many were there, but you know, between 40 and 60 pe people in that session. It seemed as though everyone was ready to engage with it. Mm. And, and obviously you need that, uh, you know, if it's going to happen. This was an unusual role play because it was set up for everyone to participate, whereas normally you have two or three people at the front acting something out and everyone else is watching. But actually everyone had to play a part in it. So I, I think the expectation... I was quite pleased with the way we'd gone about designing it, actually. It did seem to work pretty well. I mean, normally you do these things and you come away and you think, uh, next time have to have to do that. But I, I think you and I have done it enough now to pretty well get it right. There wasn't anything that I came away thinking we should have changed that. What about you? Um, no, but I've, I've got some more thoughts about why the role play worked really well. And, and it's again, it's about that participation um, in that what we set up effectively was kind of three teams of people who were working together and that so the people who were kind of at the back were supporting those at the front um, and that helped to make them feel involved um, Yeah, there was never any danger that you were going to find yourself sitting at the table one of the three people in the meeting and stranded for an idea or there wasn't any real worry in this, with this particular topic that you might show yourself as being really ignorant even within the role play context uh, you know, there was enough support and and whatever for it not to really matter what you said once you actually got to the table which which helps whilst at the same time what was said was valuable I think as well the nature of the topic is that as yet there are very few right answers there's uh, so many diverse opinions at the moment that you know pretty much what we need is to represent those different opinions not to say that something's right or wrong yeah I think I think that that is critical uh, in, in terms of one of the, the reasons why this worked, yeah. There wasn't a right or wrong answer. So even though we had people playing different roles, it was still quite exploratory in what was said, what was offered by them. 
And I think there's a, a couple more things, and, and one was the way it was framed as um, that we, what we need to do is to think the unthinkable, to take risks and be creative with the ideas. Um, and I also think the odd bit of humour helped as well. Yeah, um, definitely in, in the setup, there was a, a requirement, prob- probably one of the few requirements was to take a risk. In other words, you know, go beyond what is normally safe territory for you uh, and, and take risks uh, as soon as we suspend reality. And that was the other crucial thing with the role play, uh, to make people clear when reality had been suspended and and when it was uh, when you were back in the real world so you suggested actually just before we started let's get people to st- everyone to stand up turn around on the spot and sit down and when we sat back down everyone would know that we were in a different place and I think that was really useful and it actually helped me because I think I said the first sort of thing and I was leading that part of it to you know set the role play going and I suddenly re- realised oh everyone's sat down now it's time to start you know and anything else I say now has got to be within the context of the role play because you know sometimes you just drift on and keep adding another point here and there don't you when you're facilitating but it was time to start and it was quite clear and also it made it reminded everyone else that they were playing a role as well that it wasn't just the two or three people at the front so once they were done that they were all participating yeah yeah uh, anything else that contributed to the, uh, the good running of it? No, I, I think that pretty well sums up um, what was happening. Everyone knew they were involved. I thought, okay, once we got running, um, we had three groups of people, and it was quite amusing, wasn't it? The, the, the students seemed to have, or the people playing students, hadn't <laughs> really organised themselves uh, as much as the other two groups. But that was that fitted in, didn't it? We sort of drew on that. I think it is terribly easy to make stereotypes um, happen, you know, come to life, um, and maybe that's something that should be guarded against because it can skew your thinking and you know just reinforce. Old, old I was thinking. aware. I was aware of the stereotyping of that student group, and in a way, there was an irony there, and that's what made it amusing. I think, but the fact that the students couldn't get it together to send someone to the um, to the table on a couple of occasions was. Uh, was vaguely funny, I think. It was, whereas, of course, from the student point of view, it, it's very often it's the academics and the admin staff who really can't get it together, and so they're, they're experiencing a lot of disorganisation in their delivery of courses. Well, you know, that that's right, isn't it? And I, it would have been nice if someone from one of the groups had made that point there and then, you know, pick me up on it, if you like. And, you know, as being a facilitator to a role play is quite an unusual position because... On the one hand, you have the responsibility of making sure that the role play is is running smoothly, but at the same time, you're half straddling the role play. So I think, mm. on at various points through that, I was my official role in the role play was chair of that meeting, wasn't it? So it was a bit odd. You felt yourself straddling reality and the, the suspended reality. When um, you know, we got back to base or back on the train and got the laptop out, I realised actually how many post-it notes or, or ideas had been generated by all of the stakeholders during the meeting. Uh, there were tonnes of them. And once I started to type those into the wiki, I suddenly thought, my goodness, we're generating a lot of information very, very quickly here. A lot of ideas, uh, a really rapid brainstorming activity it proved to be. Um, at the same time during that role play, you acting as secretary were recording other kinds of ideas on the on the flip chart. 
so a lot of information was generated um, and in that context of humor and and, and play um, you know there was a lot produced and as I typed them up I realized these th these ideas are cover covering the ground they're they're saying what I expected to be said more than that some really original thinking was going on as well so one you know one thing I wanted to just mention to you was, was that we generated a lot of data between all of us. Hmm. I think it was very effective in, in providing mechanisms to, to, support, um, to explore many points of view. Um, and people could present ideas that they didn't necessarily agree with. So they could just simply brainstorm effectively. Um, and no one was there um, trying to filter those ideas. So it was a very um, good way to bring ideas out. I don't know what was going on. Before the actual role-play kicked off, we, we gave people five minutes exactly to prepare themselves, and that was mostly about nominating the people that were going to come to the table. I'm kind of assuming that there wasn't very much discussion at that point about the agenda items, more, oh, I'll take agenda item four if you take agenda item two, or that sort of thing. So I'm not sure what discussion beyond the table, beyond the meeting, was going on during the meeting. I'm assuming nothing and that the post-it notes were generated by people listening and in being engaged hmm. with the meeting. I certainly agree with that I and mean, I think it was important that the participants had enough background knowledge to be able to offer up opinions um, and also to be able to represent other people's points of view particularly if they were given a stakeholder role that wasn't necessarily their own. Um, uh, but it was a very effective way of, of generating that rich picture, which is what you're looking for in research. Um, coming on to the, the research angles, I think it's... it's I've, I've participated in focus groups which do it essentially that without going into role and you're yeah. simply asked to, to you know, uh, come up with opinions and ideas which relate to your own perspective. Um, so I don't think it did fit from that point of view. Um, and I do think um, you have to use this notion of role play cautiously because yeah. you're not necessarily going to find out what people do f feel. No. Simply... That, that is the crucial thing for me. Exactly. So I think that having create, used this to create a rich picture, you can then present that to people and say, OK, well, we've come up with this picture or other people have come up with this picture. In your own role, as yourself, what do you think about it? How do your opinions relate to this? That's exactly how I saw it working. Um, that rather than going in dry to a focus group and dealing with sensitivities that may exist, for instance, my ignorance in terms of IT might, might be a sensitivity in this particular um, case, you can actually present a picture that has been drawn by other people, a lot of other people, and start to have real subjects commenting on the validity of the picture that's been drawn. Uh, it's interesting calling it a picture, actually, because I think you and I have done things where we've been involved in drawing pictures to represent feelings. But here we are in a situation, so that, that might be another way of taking this uh, yeah. sort of approach, getting people to draw pictures. Anyway, that's straying from the point. So that what we're agreeing on here is that this is sort of almost like a two-stage research uh, method where you get a group of anyone to create a picture 
and then a specific group of people to comment on the validity of that mm. picture. I mean, I think all research essentially is it's a process of coming up with, if you like, hypotheses, what you think is, is the truth, and then getting people to comment back on that and repeating that enough times until you're sure you've arrived at a clear understanding of, of what people's opinions are. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. So, um, I, I think we can say that within our context here, what we take out of that session is a picture that we can do more with. Actually, uh, what are we doing further with that information? Well, I think there's at least one thing that I can mention, and I wonder if you've thought about what you can do with it. Uh, what we have said is that we have some information in a wiki, um, this data that was uh, generated, and we can now ask people to go back and reflect on that further, and that's what we've done. So, in theory, people in, who took part in that workshop can actually go back and continue to contribute to building up that picture and refining it to a certain extent in the wiki. So my question is to you, Susanna, I suppose, um, I know you're planning on doing some focus group work. Uh, That's right. I mean, I'll be building on the um, interviews I've already done with students and going back and, and doing focus groups with them and also um, having conversations with academic staff um, and admin staff about how they see um, the possibilities of using Web2 approaches and tools. Um, in um, the context of ePortfolios. So do you expect to use the picture that's been generated in any way, either directly or indirectly? Well, certainly in indirectly. Yeah. Um, it's bound to inform um, what I do next. And, and yes, I rather like this notion of, of using it as uh, part of the research methodology, so uh, that could well be on the cards. Okay, let's leave it there. Great. I think it's really interesting. Well, thanks very much to Susanna for uh, reflecting on that with me. There is actually a third issue, um, which we will discuss in the next podcast, which is we weren't really expecting to conclude anything from this. We were doing it very much in the spirit of providing a context for all those participants in the workshop to basically engage with the issues and, and reveal issues that uh, you know they hadn't really had a chance to uh, look at before. However, Susanna and I sort of just realised it did help us make up our own minds on a couple of the issues and uh, a couple of those conclusion, conclusions were quite surprising. So in the next podcast, there'll be a short conversation between Susanna and myself trying to draw together a couple of the conclusions which, for us, emerged from the whole workshop. Anyway, for the moment, thanks for listening and uh, tune back in for the discussion uh, where we uh, consider what came out of the whole workshop. If you need to contact me in the meantime, then please do go and read the show notes where I'll try to put some references if I can find any on role play and research. The show notes are at http colon forward slash forward slash ltapodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you very much.